Ephesians. Just let me suggest something to you in Ephesians. Um, Chapter 1, and it says this in verse 15, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us would who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and given him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. I think one of the things that um, bothers me about today is that uh, lots of people want revelation. Uh, and they look for it in all sorts of areas. They look for it in um, going to fortune tellers, they look for it in going to uh, psychics, they look for it in going to all sorts of people. And all over the world there's an attitude where everyone's grasping for knowledge, spiritual knowledge. They're going and meditating, they're looking at Eastern religions, they're looking all over the place for an answer. We've got politicians who are looking all over the place and they talk about third ways, new moves, new this, new that. Well, wherever they look, they're not going to find reality. And when Paul wrote to the Ephesian church, he said, Hey, look, you need a spirit of wisdom and revelation but that spirit of wisdom and revelation you need, the thing you need for life is revelation of what God can do for you. What his power is. It says, uh, the spirit, verse 17, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of what? His calling. Go on and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I find everyone that you meet is more concerned what, with what is their inheritance rather than what is his. They're looking to find out what they can get rather than realizing it's his inheritance. 
We are his inheritance. What we are and what we've given is his, not ours. And when you make it yours, you lose your way in God. So many people are always grasping, what is my gift? No, what is his gift? What is his inheritance? Not mine, his. It goes on. What is the exceeding greatness of what? His power to us would. You see, everything's in him. And what has happened is people are looking for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of what they get rather than what he gets, what his church is, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And knowledge is to be increased in the knowledge of what is God's purpose in the earth. Not our purpose, his. We are his people. We are his inheritance. It is his power that worketh in us. It's all of him. And when we begin to transfer that and we start talking about what is our benefit, we lose our way in God. There's so many people, the only thing they want to know is what can God do for me? But we need a spirit of wisdom and revelation in what we can do for him. What is his inheritance? Hey, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your mortal body. It's not a matter of turning around and taking. It's a matter of pouring out your life unto him. There's a great difference. People today live for themselves. The paradigm of our society is, give me whatever I can get. The paradigm of the church is, bless me, prosper me, give me everything, I want, I want, I want. And what we need is a people who have a revelation of the cross of Jesus Christ, have a revelation of self-denial, have a revelation of laying down their lives for God. What we don't need is people who take the gifts of God and the callings of God and make merchandise of it. What we don't need is people who lay hold of things and manipulate things for their own ends. What we don't want is a load of businessmen who the only reason they refer to God is for their own manipulation of circumstances so that they can get what they want. Whose kingdom do you enrich? It's his inheritance. If it's his inheritance, do you give him the right to it? All that you have is his. But how much of it does he ever get to look at? And the trouble with our society is it's all become me and mine, I'll get, I'll succeed, and they forget it's his inheritance. It's all for him. 
when you've done everything. If you gain the whole world and lose your own soul, Jesus asked the question, what will a man give for his soul? If you give your body to be burned, won't profit you anything. If you're living for yourself instead of living for him, a knowledge is a knowledge, a revelation of how great he is. How wonderful he is. How beautiful he is. We need to get our vision changed. Who do you live for? Verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, Wood, who believe? According to the workings of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be what? Head over all. Over all what? Church. Which is his body. The fullness, fullness of him that filleth all in all. Do you know, if you really understand your responsibility, and that you need revelation for. I find many people who start off in life very well. They start off with an ambition to serve God, love God, follow God. They learn a lot of scriptures. They learn a lot of living. And then all of a sudden, they get one or two little doctrines, and then suddenly there comes a slide in their life. Instead of living for God, they live for themselves. When God's hand begins to lift them up and prosper them, it doesn't become any more, what can I do for God, but what can God do for me? And I want to tell you this. There are many people that sell their souls so cheap. You wonder how they can be so foolish. Do you realize you were bought with the most precious thing that ever was? It was the very life of the Son of God. There's nothing to compare with him. There's nothing to compare with his holiness, his beauty, his omnipotence, his glory. And he poured it all out to purchase you. He shed his own precious blood for you. 
God had one thing to give the world to express his love. His name was Jesus. The most wonderful one. And I find that people forget the price he paid. So, so easily they forget Calvary. So, so easily they forget the cost. He paid the price. There was none other good enough to pay the price of sin. And he came and he bled and died. He didn't need to come. Think of it, he's God Almighty. The whole of creation's upheld by the power of his word. He could create a million earths. He can do what he wants. He said to Moses, he said, I'll wipe out the people. He said, and I'll build of you a great nation. And he said, no, you won't, God. And he chose you before the foundation of the earth. And he said, hey, those. And when he went to Calvary, he looked forward to that which would be his inheritance. Do you realize you are God's inheritance? I wonder if he's proud of his inheritance. The inheritance that shows forth his life, his power, his humility, his total sacrifice. I know it's not a popular doctrine in the church today, but I believe that, you know, Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you've got to deny yourself, you've got to take up your cross, and you've got to follow me as I am, so you've got to be. Christianity is not just some philosophy of life or a few scriptures you string together so you can get the benefits. Christianity is not a way whereby you can get out of the troubles of life and get all the benefits you can and so that you can have a happy life. And it doesn't matter. No! You need a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that you might understand you are God's inheritance. His whole purpose is to work out his will on the earth through you. There's a price that's been paid for your life and my life. It's the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, that was shed for you and me. And what we need is people who have a knowledge of what redemption means. Body, soul, and spirit. I'm not my own. Nothing that I have is mine. It's all very well to say it, but do you live it? Christianity is more than just a pleading for a few ideas. It's a total commitment 
to Jesus Christ to live as a son of God. I'm his inheritance. I belong to him. He's everything to me. That's why he says, look, I'm praying. Paul was talking to an Ephesian church and he said, hey, I'm really praying that this spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, you need to know what is, you need to understand his power to us who believe, but, but you need to know If ever there was anything more important in the earth than this, it would only be to know that Father gave his Son. What a heart the Father had for all the world, all of creation. In all of time and eternity, God set his purposes out. The Holy Spirit, the Son, and the Father, those three in all eternity set their purposes out, what to do, how to do it. And they ordained you to be part of God's inheritance. Great mystery. Paul was different, and, and as I've said time and, and I'll repeat it again if you read the story of Jesus on earth you'll only live in the old covenant a new covenant began at Pentecost if you don't understand that the most important time is the resurrection and ascension essential is Calvary but Jesus while he was on earth spoke to the Jews he was a Jewish theologian he restored to them the law. He brought them back to realize what the law was all about. But it was Paul who brought the revelation of what true redemption means. The prophets looked to it, but didn't understand it. The angels diligently wanted to inquire into it, we're told in Hebrews. But it was Paul, the great apostle, who when he came and he saw Jesus as one born out of time, he began in his heart to understand the glorious truths of an inheritance. And he's writing to an Ephesian church and he's saying, hey, there's something you need to understand. There's a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Do you know, if that isn't what the Bible college teaches, it best it closed down. If it's just for knowledge and not for a revelation of who we are in him, Chancellor Roberts wanted everyone to take the vision across the world. That was his great vision. Take the vision. Let people know there's a God in heaven who cares. He's concerned with the affairs of men. We need to understand his healing power, his miracle power but it's for his inheritance. 
Do you know the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof? There's nothing God won't do for you. Nothing. But he wants you to understand his purpose. That's why when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, they said, we don't know how to pray. He said, well, you've got to pray, and part of it, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Who's going to do his will? You and I. Do you know God's limited himself, if you can say limited, to show the manifold wisdom of God through the church? You and I have a tremendous responsibility to be what God wants us to be. The Jewish nation, they really taught their young people the things of God. In Deuteronomy it says, look, night and day teach them. That's why it says when you get up, when you lie down at your table, teach them. What it's saying is do it night and day, do it all the time. That's what it means. You want to bring your children up to know, hey, do you know you're God's inheritance? Do you know what you are is a gift to the great king of kings? A child is a gift. When we dedicate children, and we're going to dedicate two this morning, one of the things we want them to know is, hey, this life is loaned. It doesn't belong to you or to me. It belongs to God who gave it. What we're saying is, look, education is fine, but make sure it is lifting up the name of Jesus. Make sure it is exalting him. Make sure your life is. Learn. You need a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So many people look and they go and they try and explain the things of God by going and studying other things. Anthropology. And then they come up with crazy ideas that only fools would believe about voodoo and, and demons everywhere. Totally unbiblical. He doesn't say, get wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the devil. He doesn't say you need to find out what the devil's doing. He said you need to know what God's doing. You need to know what you are in God. You need to understand what God's given you. You need to understand his power working for you. That's what it's all about. Most wonderful gift. Hey, he's a good God. He's on our side. If God be for us, who can be against us? But there's a condition. You better get that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I wonder what you're growing up into. You can, might be smart, but you might be so smart you miss the one essential in life, the mighty King of kings and Lord of lords. When the earth 
is burned with unquenchable fire. And when the heavens are rolled up and there comes a new heaven and a new earth. And the bride of Christ, the new Jerusalem, comes down from heaven to the new earth. Out of the new heaven to the new earth. And the city of God is there. And there's no more temple. Can't understand why people are foolish to believe this nonsense that Jerusalem will be rebuilt in the temple. That is totally unbiblical. Can't understand why people believe all this rubbish. Hey, we are spiritual Israel. And there's going to be a new Jerusalem. God doesn't want to build the old one. And he most certainly doesn't want to start all the old sacrifices. What blasphemy. But then there's a lot of fools who can't read their Bibles. Will Christ rule on earth? He won't rule on this earth. He already does. It's not a future thing. And Jesus made it very clear. And listen to the words of Jesus. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it was of this world, then would my servants fight. But it isn't. That's why we pray, thy kingdom come. Hmm. There's a kingdom coming. Do you know Abraham, while he walked on earth, he looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. A city that had foundations. It was built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. He understood far beyond everything. He had a spirit of wisdom and revelation. He understood God's heritage. He was in the everlasting covenant. The old covenant then wasn't introduced. Do understand what I'm saying. The call of God for you and me. Let's read it again. Wherefore, says Paul, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. Do you know that's a good qualification, isn't it? They've got love unto all the saints. Faith in Christ. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. You know, you've got to understand. One of the reasons so many people don't really go on with God is there's no understanding. They don't understand what it's all about. I just want to live for Him. He's everything to me. There's nothing else. And yet you need a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him to understand that. And this is people that love all the saints. This is people that have real faith in Christ. And yet Paul's praying for them. He said, look, you need to get this spirit of wisdom and revelation. So, well, surely they'd know. Oh, no. 
One of the saddest things in my life is to live amongst people and see how few people really want to go God's way. One of the saddest things in my life is to look at people with real gifting and talent and see them just spurn it, despise it, and ignorantly lay it aside. Remember Esau. He had a birthright. He despised it. It's a sad thing when you see people who could do so much for God do so much for themselves because their heart is full of lust, natural desire for self, instead of a spirit of wisdom and revelation, understanding what they could do for him. I want to set the world alight for him. Wesley put it this way, Oh, for a trumpet voice on all the world to call, to bid their hearts rejoice, in him who died for all. That's the spirit that understands. Few people have it. Saddest thing to see. I've met many people who want to succeed in life. They're determined. But do you know the only true success is the man who, Paul says, lays aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset and runs the race. A man who sees, hey, I can't be entangled with this world. I'm in a war. There's a fight. There's a race. I see a lot of people who want to be great athletes. I find few have dedication. How often do you see someone rise up like a footballer? Comes and he gets to prominence. And the next thing you know, he's on drugs, he's on booze, he destroys his life. You see them all the time. And then you see the man who sets his goals. You get a Tiger Woods who comes along. Why is he beating everyone? I'll tell you why. Because he's totally focused on what he's doing. When he goes out there, his whole mind is focused. They say when he walks out to go to the first tee to tee off, he's a golfer, if you don't know who Tiger Woods is with a big smile but when he goes he just ignores everyone he just walks and he goes and his mind is set and you can look at his face and his concentration his thinking he's focused what's the difference with the others? they don't focus why? he's like an Olympic athlete he trains his body he keeps his body Everything he does with his food, with his exercise, with everything, is focused. If a man can do it for money, what focus 
someone should have for the God of all glory. If a man can do it to obtain this world's goods, and in the end they're all going to fall and perish, what should a man do who understands that he is the inheritance of God? That God's going to walk in the garden of his heart to find the realities of life. Focus. What are you focused on? What do you live for? Are you really a Christian? Or are you almost? Do you live for him? Or do you live for yourself? If education teaches anything, it should teach us to focus. The higher on you go in education, the more clear the focus becomes. The further on you go with God, the more clear the focus. Here are people just Christians, he says, hey, Paul's saying focus. All his epistles are talking about focus. Everything is focus. I want to ask you this morning, what's your life focus? Paul was talking to the Ephesian church, focus. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, verse 18, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. His. 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 If you look through Ephesians, you'll find it's all his. Him, his, his. Who are you living for? Tell me you that have built bigger barns and say I'm doing great. I'll expand. Let me ask you a question. When God comes and says, this night your soul's required of you, who is going to own those things? Have you built treasure in heaven? Or have you focused on the things of earth? It's all to do with focus, isn't it? Hello? Hmm? That's what education's about. That's what we're about. We're getting people to focus. That's what our whole purpose is in life. My purpose is to get people to focus. I, I, I'm here to get in your face. If you want to know what I want to do, I want to get in your face.
get your attention. I, I, don't, I don't have much time in life. Who knows how many years I have left? I don't. But I'll tell you one thing. I don't ever want to get to heaven and God say you never got them to focus. I want to make you focus even if it makes your eyes water. I want to get you to focus on what's valuable. Because I know this. You're going to leave everything behind. There's no pockets in a shroud. Are you living for posterity or prosperity? What are you focused on? Big question. One day God's going to come focusing on God. I need revelation. What's God got in my life? What is his inheritance in the saints? If he comes to you, has he got any inheritance? Anything? Or maybe nothing. But it can change. Paul was writing to Christians and saying, Hey, you need this spirit of wisdom and revelation. I tell people I only preach one message. It's called redemption. I might preach it a million different ways, but as far as I'm concerned, there's only one message. Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. Time for change. Time you realized, hey, I haven't got a lease on life. I don't know how long I've got, but one thing I know... I want to redeem the time for the days are evil. I want to live for him. Amen. Can you say that this morning? Put your hand on your chest. I want you to declare with your mouth I'm God's inheritance. I belong to him. Everything in my life should be used for his glory. I'm his inheritance. I have no right to my life. I've been bought with a price. I'm not my own. I'm his. I'm his inheritance. I need to understand it. I need to believe it. But above all, I need to live it. Amen.